Marketing Insider, a Claritas podcast for marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz. You may have seen a few fireside chats come out from us over the past couple of months, and one topic that has come up in every single one of those chats is the importance of campaign measurement. So we thought for this month's episode, we'd bring the conversation to the podcast so we can really dive in. According to a recent demand generation benchmark survey report, 61% of marketers ranked improving their ability to measure and analyze their marketing efforts as a vital priority. Yet, according to Nielsen, only 25% of marketers today are confident they can measure ROI. To help us all gain that much-needed confidence, I have two experts on standby. My first guest is Aaron Clare, a director of Optimized Solutions here at Claritas. And later on, we'll hear from Matt Del Monte, VP of Client Services at Barrington Media Group. Let's hear from Aaron first, though. Aaron, welcome to the Marketing Insider. Hey, Monique. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. And since this is the first time that I've been lucky enough to have you on the podcast, can you start by letting our listeners know what it is you do here at Claritas, just so they can gain a better sense of your expertise? Sure. Yeah, I'm the director of the Optimize Solutions team. Uh, Myself and my team work with advertisers, publishers, and agencies to look for ways to optimize their campaign and optimize their ad spend. We do this through a pixel solution where we're measuring activity on a conversion end and activity on the ad serving end to to draw attribution and to look at uh, incremental campaign lift. Nice. So I mentioned that we've talked to a few different agencies recently in fireside chats, and the topic of measurement came up in every single one of those conversations, but it came up in the context of clients being hesitant to measure the success or the failure of their campaigns. Why do you think companies are so hesitant to see the results in black and white? That's a good question. I think it could be a couple of things. I think it could be that they may not want to know whether or not their hard work is paying off as much as it should be. Or, you know, perhaps that they haven't established their own benchmarks or have old benchmarks that report that they're already doing well when perhaps they aren't or could be doing better. Um, So that's kind of one thing. And I'd also say that it may be, and most of the times I see it's that they may not necessarily be hesitant, but it could be that they just don't know how to accurately measure their campaigns or, you know, the technology hasn't been there in the past or they don't have the means or ability to, to uh, do the analysis. So, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't jumped in with both feet because that you feel that measurement is too complicated or you don't know where to start or what's even possible, uh, we're happy to work with you directly to make it easy and less daunting for you. Do you really actually need to measure campaign results formally or can you go by some maybe less formal formally measured um, things like engagement across your social media networks or foot traffic in a store or even good customer service ratings? Yeah, well, all of those are are really great metrics to have, and you should continue to measure those things. Mm -hmm. They're all part of key performance indicators, but uh, having a formal process in place lets you know for sure whether you're getting things right and where there's room for improvement so you can optimize your campaigns and divert advertising from channels that aren't working or increase advertising in channels that are working. So, you know, not all audiences or channels 
or ad inventory are, are the same. Some will always perform better than others and knowing which audiences respond best and what channels and inventory drive the highest response are critical to optimizing your media plans. That said, can a company measure campaign success all in-house or is there an argument to be made for dedicating budget to bring in a third party to assist? Yeah, there's certainly a benefit to bringing in a third party to assist. Um, one, one thing I'd say is that depending on if you're viewing the campaign performance from the publisher's point of view or the advertiser's point of view, there may be some uh, unintended bias in the results. So working with an independent third party can be your trusted uh, third party to validate your media plans and performance objectively. So that's one thing is to get that, that really objective data-backed results. And then also I'd say that um, most companies don't have access to the solutions that a third party provides. So like incremental lift analysis, uh, a robust identity graph, analytics tools, and even privacy considerations. So I can even go a little bit further into that, that Claritas specifically has a couple of differentiators that I'd say uh, equip clients with what they need for measurement. That's multi-channel measurement. So we are not a single channel provider. We can provide measurement both online and offline. And uh, you know our ability to provide the most critical measurement reporting deliverables uh, for attribution and incremental lift. This allows you to have a, an accurate and fully transparent view of what's impacting ROI. Mm-hmm. So you can gen- continually improve what isn't. And then also, um, our identity graph contains virtually every household in the United States and over a billion devices. And it also unifies data, so it helps you to connect real people to their online and offline behaviors. So that, that same data in our identity graph is the same data that enables our ability to create the most accurate control groups. And those, those identity graph-based control groups are what drives the accuracy of our incremental lift analysis. And you mentioned identity graphs, and um, we did a podcast, I want to say last year, that was basically all about identity graphs. And then we also had a blog that we wrote, um, pretty much the six questions that you need to ask if you are evaluating a different partner uh, for their identity graph solution. So there's six main questions that you need to ask them. Um, We'll make sure we link that blog in the show notes as well as that podcast, just so if you didn't listen to that episode, you have a little bit more uh, background as to what actually an identity graph can do for you and why you, you need access to one. So that's a good good call out there, Aaron. Um, But I do want to talk a little bit more about what it looks like to measure campaign effectiveness. And since ROI is probably that key metric that most companies do actually care about, can you tell me how difficult is the process to figure out ROI? Are there certain steps that you need to take or are there different types of analysis that you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all based on two core parts of the analysis. That's the attribution analysis and the lift analysis, whereas the lift will really get you into the ROI. Uh, as far as the, the process goes, you know, again, we would start with the attribution analysis. And for example, if we're looking at uh, conversions on a website, 
what we would do is first place our pixels on the client's website to measure engagements, such as visits to the homepage, and also perhaps conversions such as purchases or subscriptions. So we're measuring those engagements and conversions on a client's site. And then we also append our pixels to the ad exposures, which could be through multiple channels. This could be streaming audio, display, video, search and social, and also podcast. So within the pixels that are living on the client's website and the pixels that are listening to the ad exposures, we're listening for certain identifiers such as IP address or device ID, and then we're matching them up to our identity graph. And uh, that allows us to resolve which conversions can be attributed to the same household in the identity graph who is also exposed to the ad. So that's your attribution analysis. They were exposed okay. to the ad and then they converted. Um, you know, and since the identity graph is also giving us information about the demographics of the household, we're able to provide insight on which audiences were reached and then also which audiences responded most effectively by visiting or converting on the client's website. So not only which channels are working well, but which audiences within. So that really helps with your targeting and optimization, not only per placement level, but per audience level. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's all the insights you can get from attribution. And then we can go a step further by isolating conversions by channel with a lift analysis. So I can give you a little bit of an overview of how the lift analysis is conducted. Uh, basically, yeah. lifts it, yeah, it, it goes beyond just reporting which conversions can be attributed to ad exposures but also informed you of which conversions would not have occurred in the absence of an ad campaign. So that's referred to as lift. So again, it's made possible, possible by combining the identity graph and a unique control group methodology to precisely measure specific marketing campaign segments. So for instance, you can use it to measure exactly how effective one portion, such as television spots or billboards, is in getting people to buy. And it works by using the identity graph to compare an exposed group, which is made up of people who have been exposed to the campaign, to a control group. And that control group is made up of people who look exactly like the exposed group. The only difference is they have not been exposed to the campaign. So as the campaign runs, you measure the lift or the difference between the conversion rate of the exposed group and that of the identical control group. So, so the conversion rate of exposed versus control gives you the true incremental conversion rate of the campaign. And that's where you can really narrow in on, on your ROI. I think that definitely speaks to the value of having a partner who can help guide you through the process, especially if you're not really measuring success or optimizing your campaigns to begin with. I mean, it can be confusing. So to have someone who knows what they're doing, it's really helpful. And even if you're listening to this podcast and you're kind of evaluating different partners, it's good to hear what different companies offer because we can speak from the perspective of Claritas because this is what we do, but other providers might do something different. So it's good to know what, um, what the options are out there for you so you can make the best choice for your business. Um, but 
all of that that you just spoke about, that kind of makes me wonder for someone who does take your advice and follows that process that you just outlined, how do they know if their results are good or not? And what would their next steps be if the results are quote unquote good? Where do you go from there? And if they're bad, what should you do next? Yeah, that's a great question. I was actually thinking about that as I was talking through the process. Um, and earlier I mentioned benchmarks and uh, we're working on some industry benchmarks and we also have some you know, general benchmarks that we can help you with. Uh, but also we recommend that you have a certain amount of testing to establish your own internal benchmarks. If, if the campaign results are good, then you can continue your process but perhaps begin experimenting with new ways of doing business. And if you are doing that experimentation, since you now have great measurement tools, then the results of your experimentation may result in data-backed insights on ways for you to get more bang for your buck. Right. And then if, you're, if the results don't meet what you expected, then that's when you would go into work on the optimization process. So that's all visible from your measurement results. So again, looking at which audiences were targeted most effectively and which audiences converted most effectively, you can see that those results and decide to shift your ad spend to the audiences who are converting most effectively. So by audience level, and then also again, by ad placement level, if there's a specific channel that's performing better than the others, then you can optimize by moving your ads been into the, the most effective converting ad channels. Yeah, we've seen uh, recently a lot of clients who are having success in certain channels, but maybe they haven't kind of uh, moved into podcast advertising. So, you know, if their campaigns are doing good and they want to experiment, then maybe they try try some podcast ad placements. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good... Um, good tip for them. You know, if you're, if you're doing good, don't just sit on that, try some different things to see maybe there's another channel that will work just as well for you, or maybe even better. Uh, and if you're not doing so great, if you're not getting the results that you're looking for, you definitely want to try something different. Uh, so Aaron, I definitely have a lot more questions that I could ask you, but I want to save some time to hear from Matt. So let me stick with just one more. We were already trending this way, but with the past year sort of being heavy on the digital side of things, from the way that we're interacting with each other to the way that we're conducting business, whether buying or selling, are there any new advancements in the measurement space that the marketers listening to this podcast should know about? Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that. There's two new solutions that we're really excited about. One is ad measurement with credit card purchase conversions. Okay. This allows you to unlock actual consumer purchase data and see return on credit card ad spend. So that's a great one. And then another one is also ad measurement with CPG offline purchases. So especially with podcast, for example, the introduction of online attribution for consumer action has been a significant advancement for podcasting, but this uh, technology has not yet been able to provide major consumer product brands the insights they need for measuring purchase lift, both offline and in-store. Yeah, that's that's good to know. And it's exciting to see that things are evolving. And I'm sure, you know, we'll be talking more about those on a future episode of the podcast. Great. 
But I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up our conversation for today. So Aaron, thank you again for joining me and helping ease some of those measurement fears. Yeah, again, Monique, thanks for having me. Happy to uh, talk further. Excellent. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break now, but when we come back, I'll be joined by Matt Del Monte, VP of Client Services at Barrington Media Group. So stick around. Marketers, how did your organization's first quarter sales go? Did you start strong or are you already floundering? Whether you replied with the former or the latter, I have a blog that can help you keep that momentum going or help improve upon what's not working. Visit claritas.com. Click on the Insights tab and find our blog, Do This One Thing, and you could increase your marketing ROI by 50%. And no, that's not a joke. We literally share the secret that could help you increase ROI by 50%. So, like I said, head over to claritas.com, click on the Insights tab, and check out our blog titled, Do This One Thing, and you could increase your marketing ROI by 50%. And now, back to the show. We're back and we're joined by Matt Del Monte, VP of Client Services at Barrington Media Group, a customer acquisition-focused radio and TV media buying and analytics agency. Matt, thank you for agreeing to be our guest on this month's episode of The Marketing Insider. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So I just gave that brief intro, but can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and what you do at Barrington Media Group so our listeners can get to know you a little better? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I've uh, I've actually been with Barrington for about five years collectively. Um, I started right out of school uh, in 2013 as an analyst and campaign manager, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I went on to actually leave and go work for uh, for a, you know Sikorsky Aircraft, who's owned by Lockheed Martin. Um, got into finance there for a couple of years and, and decided to come back to Barrington, uh, where I always had a close you know rapport and and really love the company, um, love that small field company and agency, and uh, came back in 2017. Um, stepping into a management role where I oversaw a team of, um, of analysts. And at the time, we were really just predominantly doing radio and had just started getting into TV. Um, and the, the team and the company really took off. Um, even from the time that I left, uh, you know, we went from about 20 employees to 40 in just that two-year span. And wow. now today, uh, about you know, almost four years later, um, we are up to, I think it's 85 or 90 employees. Nice. Yeah, we, we also, in the last year, got into digital and uh, acquired a, uh, a small firm uh, out of Chicago. So we're really trying to diversify and, and, you know, we consider ourselves a full service shop in the DR advertising space. And in my current role, you know, I oversee our, our client services and like analytics department. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about 20 full-time analysts and, you know, a leadership team um, in between me and them uh, who really are, are specialists at managing campaigns, diving into data analytics, um, and really optimizing. Uh, each and every campaign. Almost 30, 40% of our business is, is kind of focused in this department and, and really on top of the day-to-day and the numbers. Um, and I think that's what, you know, one thing that separates us from maybe some of the other agencies out there. Yeah. And so you're the perfect guest for me to have on this episode. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's jump right in then. Sure. So here at Claritas, we advocate for following a closed loop approach to marketing, but companies sometimes shy away from that measurement piece of the approach for various reasons. They're fine with identifying who they need to deliver their ads to and through what channels, but then they get kind of nervous around that part that shows whether their investments are actually paying off or not. So 
What about Barrington Media Group? Have you guys always felt the need to measure marketing effectiveness on behalf of your clients? Yes, 100%. Okay. Um, we really felt that, you know, it, like it's, it's very difficult to achieve success for any campaign unless we can fully understand the impact of, of our media buys. Right. Um, so we, we don't, like you said, even in the intro, we don't really consider ourselves as just a media agency, but like a data analytics company as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, my role and my, my team, it's so important. Um, you know, every campaign we have, we try to clearly outline the campaign goals up front before we launch. We want to understand what the KPIs are you know, set some initial benchmarks and track our performance over time um, as we make different optimizations to improve results. Um, so from the beginning, you know, results and, and measurement of success has been always been key. And we like mm-hmm. to really get our hands on actual data. And that's really, I think, you know, has been one of the, the keys to our success. And a lot of different uh, learnings over the years uh, has helped us kind of grow and, and scale a lot of our accounts and, and expand our customer base. Yeah, so ROI is usually what we kind of notice as one of the top key performance indicators for a brand. But what are some of those KPIs that are important to you and your clients? And does it vary by industry or by client at all? Yeah, it does. I think a lot of times it comes down to, you know, the cost per acquisition. You know, Mm -hmm. ROI is typically directly correlated to that. But to get to the cost per acquisition, that last like key metric, we always like to track the the full funnel. So whether that's driving phone calls and tracking, you know, the cost per call um, and then the conversion rate to a lead and then maybe the conversion rate to a sale, or maybe we're driving traffic through a text message um, call to action. We monitor the, the cost per text. Then we're looking at the click-through rate. We're looking at you know how many people are bouncing off of the landing page and really looking at every single step of the funnel to try to fully optimize that campaign. And then also make recommendations based on our learnings. We have a, an in-house uh, creative team. So you know we are making creative recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know We're recommending different call to actions based on what we're seeing, what the different product or service may be and using our uh, our learnings over the years to kind of put our best uh, recommendations together as we collect actual data. Yeah, that's really helpful to have the in-house team to help kind of mm-hmm. streamline the process. Definitely. But what about the struggles? Are there any challenges when it comes to measurement capabilities for clients, whether that's something like limitations with technology or clients having certain benchmarks in their mind that's not necessarily accurate for their industry or something else? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's definitely certain clients where they just don't have the best maybe uh, attribution model or handle on mm-hmm. on what's happening. Um, you know, they may be in, in many different uh, channels or, or, you know, media sources, um, and they're not really attributing the, you know, the traffic the way we would probably do it. Um, right. so we always try to understand what their model looks like and then use their actual data um, to create our own baseline. And we'll look at, you know, the, the time period before we actually air. We'll try to isolate as many key variables as we can. And then we'll keep a very close eye on it as we launch a campaign and report the findings live. And then also we'll typically do like a postmortem and, and, you know, report back what we learned and found and then look at, look for the bright spots because very rarely do we have a campaign launch where everything is, looks great. Yeah. Um, it's really key to dive in and, and understand what's working and what's not working and then try to expand on those, those positives that you find in the testing period. 
Yeah, some of the clients we've worked with, you know, out of home has traditionally been difficult to measure. And then a lot of times with email campaigns, you know, a client might have CRM metrics in their mind, but they're doing an acquisition email campaign. And those are, those usually have two very different results. So I definitely feel you there. (laughs) Yeah. And and even with, uh, you know, like you said, out of home or, or TV or radio, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you're, you're, you're putting a message out there that a lot of times we'll have like the brand name from the client. And then that person, instead of acting on the call to action, you know, whether it's a a phone number or a text call to action or a website, they might go to Google and, you know, validate the brand. And then if that, if that advertiser has Google's, you know, search ads or whatever going on, then the digital model is going to, you know, usually win the the traffic. And if they don't have a a soundproof model, then, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the traffic get lost. Uh, We think it's important to really understand how they're measuring it and then show them how we would interpret the results uh, with our, you know, our baseline and and technique. Yeah, that's a good plan. So I want to get into uh, what separates a good campaign from a great campaign. When you have a campaign in flight or and or when it's finished, it's run and you're kind of reviewing your stats and your metrics with your client or with your internal team in anticipation of presenting to a client, what do you look for to say, this is a campaign we need to rerun or this is a campaign we need to adjust, optimize or just rethink completely? Yeah, so we like to look at, as I was saying earlier, we like to look at like every piece of the funnel um, mm-hmm. for that client. You know, if they have a, a site and they're trying to sell a product, um, you know, what is their what is their optimal sales funnel look like? Some clients, you know, they can't um, they can't produce a sale or close a deal without being on a, uh, a phone call. Right. So in those types, we'll try to make sure we're fully understanding what the ideal sales funnel looks like. And then when we actually get going and we have live data, we're always looking at that traffic from the first touch to, you know, that that cost per response and response rate all the way through any conversion metrics that we have all the way through to that last, you know, really ROI or cost per acquisition. And we really look at each each KPI or item separately and then do that full analysis and, and really pick out like our, our learnings from each piece of that funnel and then find out, you know, how which levers can we pull to further enhance uh, on those bright spots and, and you know those learnings, whether it's a, a new technology to uh, optimize the, the conversion to a site, mm-hmm. implementing some sort of IVR on a, on a phone call campaign uh, to weed out poor quality, uh, changing something in the creative to generate a better response, um, all those different types of things we look at. Yeah, and you're kind of alluding to it, but hearing all that, do you have any campaign success stories from the past year or some positive lessons learned that you can share with us? Yeah, definitely. Without giving away too much, I'll try to explain it. You know, at like a high level, we have a recent success story uh, with a client who came on with us for a three-week test initially. Um, you know, upfront, we we identified what their KPIs are and what their targets were, and and communicated to them that it would you know probably pretty aggressive, and that we likely wouldn't hit it in that three-week um, time span. But that radio is a a long-term uh, investment, and that as we collect data, we you know expect to make optimizations to the campaign and see performance um, improve over time. Right. And so I think that that upfront communication definitely paid off for us. Um, and if we fast forward about eight weeks, um, we're still in a test phase, but I'd say that we've made it into like test or uh, phase two of the test. And the client is, you know, they've admitted they're in it for the long haul with us. It seems to be a success already. And we've shown significant improvements, you know, over this test period where, you know, our focus has been on, making sure we're changing a key variable every week 
whether that's you know creative media a little bit of both um mm-hmm. but really understanding what the learnings are from the changes that we're making to the campaign communicating that to the client and then you know putting a plan in place to continue to expand um, on our learnings and that's kind of um you know what we're all about and and the same approach we take uh, in, in most campaigns to make sure that we are understanding find key learnings uh, and optimize yeah and that's a great uh, example of why you should con- constantly evaluate your campaign while it's in flight. You don't want to wait until the yeah. end of the period to say, oh, we should have tried something different. <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> if we did that, we wouldn't have too many campaigns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we're actually nearing the end of the time that we have today. But Matt, I have one final question for you, and it's an easy one. Sure. Go ahead. Where can our listeners go to learn more about how you and Barrington Media Group can help them succeed in today's environment? Yeah, so they could either Google us or go to our website, uh, barringtonmediagroup.com. And hopefully in a couple of months, we'll have even more content on there, making uh, monthly blog posts and, and making it more welcoming and more just informational for, for people uh, you know, to, to learn more about us. So um, barringtonmediagroup.com is the site. Um, feel free to, to check it out and, uh, and learn more about us. Wow. Well, thanks again for joining me today. We really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. If you've not yet jumped on board with campaign measurement, we hope this month's episode helped quell any fears you have. And for those of you that are well-versed in the importance of campaign measurement, we hope you're able to get the confirmation you need to know you're on the right path, but also learn something new along the way. Thanks again to my two guests, Aaron Clare, my fellow Clariton, and Matt Del Monte of Barrington Media Group. But also thanks to you listening at home or on the go. If you've not already, please take a moment to follow the Marketing Insider so you never miss an episode. Follow us on your podcast app of choice, our favorite being Spotify, and share us with a friend or colleague so we can keep the conversation going. And with that, we'll see you next time with a brand new episode. Bye now. Bye now.